Cause we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Need a little Christmas. And I always forget the rest, so I'm just gonna pretend to smoke this pencil very awkwardly. Need a little Christmas now. That was some good sound effects right there. Oh yeah, I'm pretty hot. Don't worry. <laughs> what? Welcome. Right. Welcome to Babbling with the Boys. Oh wait, the, what the? F- that was a weird intro. Okay. Hello there. Welcome to Babbling with the Boys. I don't know what happened to the last one. I'm Carson Gervais, and um, yeah, we 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 need a little Christmas this year. We need a little Christmas spirit, a little hot cocoa. Dear Just God, do we? Come yeah. by the fire and cry. We we really need it mm-hmm. terribly. Yeah. Um, my name is Spencer Fleming, Spencer Chef, in my festive outfit. You know. It's it's literally just a shirt with stripes on it, but that's the best I can muster. Um, you know, we we out here. I'm chilling. Um, I watched. Guess what? You know what I watched yesterday? What'd you watch? Um, I watched Die Hard three for the first time because I never had for seen the, Die Hard three. For the first time, I've seen one and two, and I've seen four and five, and I just never saw three. You never saw Die Hard with a Vengeance? Simon Says with Samuel L. Jackson, the buddy cop one? Oh, that's the best. (laughs) That's the best one. Yeah, no, I watched that yesterday. Because I didn't know if it was a Christmas movie or not. No, it's not a Christmas movie. It's not. It's like hot summer summer days just like dipping into fountains and stuff. I don't know. I I misread the situation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um all right shoot today what, what are we doing today what are we doing today well let me tell you son let me let me tell you real quick what we're doing today we're listing down the top five uh Chris, christmas movies holiday movies my guy holiday movies i i gotta say unfortunately all of mine are about Christmas. You. I, oh. I, I don't have Adam Sandler's um, Hanukkah. Oh, the cartoon? Hoot and a half on here. I, yeah. used to, I used to think it was funny when I was a kid. That one. It. I've never seen it. Oh, you. This guy's. This, here's Santa Claus. Here's a Grinch, sir. You just come down to Horrorville and you just you mess everything up for us. <laughs> okay. Um well, should we get into the episode? I hope so. Alright. Um, so <laughs> what was I talking about? If you're familiar with our ep- with our Ah Okay, thank you. Sorry about that banging noise. If you're familiar with our episodes, um if particularly our top five lists, then you know that we do a little special. So we start with five, and we work our way down to one. We go back and forth. He says his five, I say my five. And then if his five is on my list, but like let's say it's at my number two, I'll say check, 
and it means we'll get to it later. And if it's not on my list at all, I'll just say Zoink. And that's that's the little system we works out. Um oh, and if you're watching this on like our YouTube, go check out our YouTube by the way. Um yeah. we haven't made it yet. Well it'll be up by past. You're listening to this from the past, but mm-hmm. we'll let's decide what it's gonna be called right here. It's um, just gonna be like babbling with the boys. Or should it be called the Babbleverse? It'll be either Babbling with the Boys with a Z, or it'll be Babbleverse. Well, yeah. When we post this video, stay tuned to the end, and we'll probably add like a little thing of what it's yeah. called. We'll add a little thing. You have to you have to watch the whole thing to know the actual to know yeah. the actual release of what it's going to be called. But anyway, usually we flip a coin to see who goes first. But today, I'm feeling a little nerdy. So I got my, I got my D four out. If you guys are familiar with D C. That's that's like a die. If you're not, it's, it's like a dice, but it's like shaped like a pyramid. So what I'm gonna do. I didn't I didn't know that's what that was either. To be honest, because I don't play D and D, so I'm just I'm along for the ride with you. He's doing something. Oh, you're shaking the die. It I'm shaking like... the die. Do you want odds or evens? Um, I'll take odds. All right. Because I am. Oh, threw it all the way over there. Oh, there we go. You picked odds, right? Yeah. It's a four. So, you're first. That means I go first. Okay. All right. Should we just do it? Should we get into it? Ah, let's do it. Shake off, shake off the haters, my guy. Number five is a full on nostalgia pick. Mm hmm. So, I like to hear. This is. On nobody's list ever, except for mine. I rewatched this movie this morning <laughs> to make sure I still had those those like good memories with it, and I still do. I still enjoy this movie. So get off my back, all you haters. Mm-hmm. And Spencer kind of caught me a little bit earlier, but it's it's Polar Express. I know, I know it is. Um, is that? Thing. I'm not even upset with you because I watch it every Christmas. I I know this is this was my childhood right here. I rewatched it this morning. I hadn't seen it in a while, and I have to say the animation is pretty weird. So I couldn't put it any higher than five. Like it's it's interesting, but you I don't know how you'd make this movie without that type of animation. Okay, I think you could. I think Pixar could do it. <laughs> I'm not sure because it's supposed to feel like realistic, but like also all this crazy this, stuff happens. Oh, this is a zoink for me, by the way. But this feels like uncanny, uncanny valley. Like the backgrounds are, and textures are kind of realistic, but hmm. everything else is very scary. <laughs> like the way the characters move their faces is so odd, but it's kind of endearing too. I was rewatching this movie, and I'm going to talk specifically to one thing. This film actually has some, like, punch to it. Like, actually has some deep meanings behind it. Okay. There, there's these three kids. There's these th- three, cr- three kids. Um, one of them is starting to not believe in Santa. The other one lives on the other side of the tracks. 
literally. But like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I haven't seen this movie in a year, and as a kid, I didn't get the undertones. But I'm pretty sure they're saying he's like white trash. No, what they're saying, I didn't get the undertones either. What they're saying is that he's never Santa's never come to his house. Yeah, yeah, because they're broke is what I'm yes. saying. <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand that. I was like when I was a kid I did not understand this. Uh-huh. this. Especially I it doesn't help that like I didn't I wanted our main character to be the 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 chosen little thing cuz like the kid who doesn't have Santa ever come to his house. I guess they like want you to feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um but like I always hated him as a character. <laughs> I just no! I really like it. Well, w- once you think of him as, like, this kid who's never had Santa come to his house, he's very skeptical about all of this, but he still, like, wants to believe. Like, he's not like the other kid who's, like, researching all the department store Santas and being like, it's a lie. It's a lie. He actually wants to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, sings the song and everything, and he's like, it's... What's the song they sing at the Northern Lights again? Um, when Christmas comes to town. When yeah, when Christmas comes to town, and he's just all keeps I talking. want when Christmas comes to town. Did they all do their little thing? Mm-hmm. Um. Also, can I point out that this looks movie looks like it takes place in like the forties or something? A little bit, yeah. Or like the fifties, which is interesting because then there's racial undertones too. Because well, there's a black like secondary character that's like a pretty big part of it. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit of the significance of a young black woman who, um, her thing, the reason that she's on here, the thing that he punches in her ticket is to lead, is to be confident in herself. It is? I don't remember any of that. that. (laughs) That's what he punches in lead, that she needs. Oh. She should lead by example, and okay. she should stop second-guessing herself because um, she's a woman and because she's a person of color. She should lead. Because she's beautiful, no matter but, what they say. Just telling, like, a young young woman of color to lead, that, I think that's a powerful message right there. Um, I think it's a powerful, like, for kids? Yeah. See, I would say the same thing, except I watched this movie as a kid and I didn't get any of that shit. So, so I feel like the intent is there, but I didn't, like, literally, this is my first time hearing that. I always thought, like, hmm, why are they punching her in the face like my friends do for her color? Like, that's what I thought when I was a kid. Well, I think it also talks to her being a woman and that, like, a lot oh. of times people second guess women. People don't are like. Do you really know what's do you, like they the whole mansplain thing? Yeah, yeah, that. But there is kind of also like, why are we like putting the whole leader thing on like the strong, independent black woman trope? Like, why can't she just be a kid? Like, what does the main character get? The main character gets believed because he's skeptical. He needs to believe. He doesn't hear the bells when the it's on the reindeer. He doesn't hear the bells, and then he gets a bell, and. It's silent. Okay. Yeah. He needs to do. He needs to keep on believing in the spirit of Christmas. Because look at these people. The, the, this 
kid doesn't have Sam to come to his house ever. Right. And he and still believes. He still he still hears the bells. Like you gotta gotta keep that spirit inside of you. And and that isn't it really about childhood innocence then? Cause like Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's about like Santa I think what Santa represents is kinda, you know, the ability to just kind of let yourself be a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um and it's kind of a beauty of just like believing in something that scary and ridiculous. Because it's kinda it's kinda like horrifying the idea of someone breaking into your house, but like <laughs> just what? like believing in that and rolling with the punches because you're a kid and that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like just let yourself be free of the burden of being an adult and going, but that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. The thing about it is it's not the the importance of Santa isn't is it logistically like how can he fly across the world in one night? Like how can he you know like there's fire in the chimney, how can he get get through there? Like Because he what, has fireproof pants. Everyone knows that one, Carson. It's because seeing seeing isn't always believing. The the conductor says at one point. Some of the most important and powerful stuff in life you can't see. Like love. Feel it. Like love. Like that kind of stuff. And I think the message behind this and the like roller coaster of a movie, like it's literally it's li- it literally feels like a like a three D roller coaster for I feel like they course. definitely wanted to make a ride of this. I I'd go to Polar the the North Pole and Polar Express and ride all the slot slides and getting that like it's like that letter shoot thing but yep. you're getting it I, I'd totally do that I would do that yeah and I would like push all the little kids out of the way like you weren't there this is my time but then, anyway <laughs> then I'd like slip on down ooh get down the letter bus the, the letter the present shoot the present shoot um yeah okay can we just talk about the really creepy uh dude on the train that's the only other thing I think that needs to be addressed. The like, yeah, first of all, Tom Hanks plays like everybody in this, but um, Tom, yeah, it's it, you literally look up the cast and it's just Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, but there's this like creepy ghost guy who's like on the train and like I guess he's supposed to. I don't even know what he's supposed to represent anymore because it's been so long since I've seen it. But, like, I just remember him scaring the shit out of this kid, and then he would just disappear. Yeah. Well, he'd help the kid. Like, he would help him, but then, like, he'd be in, like, you know, a part of the train that's just, like, old toys and puppets, and then he'd just, like, purposely screw with the kid. <laughs> and then, like, you're like, what? Well, why are you doing this? He's trying, he's exposing his doubt, because he, like, the puppet is Scrooge, and he's being like, you you're like Scrooge, you don't believe, uh, and he's kind of like he's kind of having a different, um, a different method of trying to get this kid to believe by like poking at him and kind of being like, you don't believe, huh? You know, whatever. Do you believe in ghosts? And he's a ghost and whatever. But it's kind of weird. But I still like it. He's like the weird 
gym teacher that has unconventional methods to try and educate you. Like, you had sex ed in, like, the eighth grade, and you're, like, your biology teacher was, like, oh, so this is how it works. And then your gym teacher thinks he's going to relate to you by, like, saying some weird-ass shit, like, mm, okay, so when you dive up deep in there, and you're, like, what? What was that? It's like, I just want to, I want to be, think of me more as your friend. It's, like, no, you're wearing shorts right now. I don't, I don't like where this is going. You know, you know what I'm saying? No? Was that, does that ring a bell with anyone? Does anyone else resonate with that? It makes sense to me. No. Um, Spencer, <laughs> Spencer, what's your number five? Jesus, it's been 13 minutes. What's your number five? Um, see, so my number five is Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which is on no one else's list. But it's the, it's the Christmas one where it's like Disney, but it's three oh short gosh. stories. Yeah, I had this on VHS. So did I, yes. Okay, yeah, that's what's going on, but like... Let me let me explain the context, because I just looked on uh, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and shit, and it has like 40%. Um, so let me, let me try to backwards explain this. Um, I'm going through my list. I just, I love Christmas, and these are things that I watch every Christmas because it's tradition now. And when I was a kid... My mom had a daycare and like for every, um, you know, holiday or like holiday season, she would like go to this place and they essentially did just like a, you rent out like a bunch of like supplies for that holiday. Um, and for Christmas, we get like these Christmas puzzles and like decorations for the daycare. Mm-hmm. And then we would get like Christmas VHS movies. So, you know, you got Rudolph, you got your Frosty, got your Die Hard. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't show Die Hard to a daycare full of kids. My grandfather showed it to me. Um, and now I kill cats. Okay, no, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, so we get all this stuff. And one of the VHSs was Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Um, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie, or whatever their names are from DuckTales, that one? Yeah. That one can bite my balls, and that's the only reason and this is at number five, because that one is a zero out of ten. It's essentially, they're like, whoa, the Groundhog's Day Christmas, and they're like, Christmas isn't special when it's every day, and it's terrible. Um, but the other two are flipping fan-frastic, my foo. Like, they're, they're mm, succulent, mm. take a taste of those. There's, like, one where... Uh, Goofy and his son Max, <laughs> Gorsh Maxie, they're like, <laughs> Max has decided that he doesn't believe in Santa. And look at this. What, what, this is like my Polar Express here. Right. Um, he decides that he doesn't believe in Santa, and Goofy decides that that's just unacceptable. And goes through like all these lengths to try and get his son to believe in Santa to the point where they're like sitting on the roof. In, like, the middle of the night, like, waiting for Santa to come, right? Mm-hmm. It's the best gag of the movie, in my opinion. Um, you, like, look across, and you see, like, this figure holding a bag, climbing out of the chimney. And then, like, Goofy's like, look, Max, see, it's Santa! Gorsh! Or whatever, you know, the Goofy voice. And then, like, Max is like, whoa, what? Uh, and then these spotlights turn on from, like, police helicopters. And it's a dude who is robbing a house. 
and he's like he stops like mid step and uh yeah yeah anyways the good scene i won't spoil the rest of it because i mean touching ending and then there's one with mickey and minnie Mm -hmm. and this one is like just relationship goals right here because mickey um this little this little dude right here can't can't get enough mouse tools to buy Minnie a present. Mouse tools. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mickey can't get get enough mouse tools. I guess so. To buy a present. Uh, I don't know if anyone got that reference, but uh, I didn't. But... Mickey Mouse's clubhouse. That's all I got to say. Well, was that the currency in Mickey Mouse's clubhouse? No, they just have like this thing called Mount. I can't even explain it. We're running out of time. There's not enough time. If you, if you know, you know. Keep going. So Mickey can't get enough mouse tools to buy Minnie a Christmas present or whatever, and Minnie can't get enough mouse tools to buy Mickey a Christmas present. Um, the problem is I don't remember what gift he ends up getting for Minnie. So I, you're only gonna hear half this. Story. I can't- but essentially, Minnie trades in, like, something or something um, to get Mickey a case for his um, harmonica that he likes to play. And Mickey trades in his harmonica to get Minnie something for what she just sold to get the case for the harmonica. So when they go to give each other these presents, neither of them can use them on Christmas. And then they realize that Christmas isn't about gifts, it's about loving each other. And it's like, hey, that's relationship goals right that's there. Yeah. I wanna I wanna have I don't I wanna have no mouse tools to buy my love something for Christmas and then and then warm ourselves up with each other's love before being freaking evicted because we have no money. But hey, all we need is each other. You know what? Maybe this isn't a great lesson to tell kids. But anywho, that's my number five. I think this segment's gone on a little too long. Should we just hop to number six? A little bit. Or- Number four. I said number four. That's what I said. I'm inside. It's fun inside. I'm inside. It's fun inside. All right. We'll call. Okay, yeah. Um. Okay, okay yeah. No. <laughs> We're doing number four. Now, my number four is... Probably gonna be a punt, but I put it here because it's not a punt. A, whatever, it's the wrong show. It's a, it's probably gonna be a check. Okay. It's probably gonna be a check. We'll, we'll say it, you. It's Die Hard. Yes, check. All right. What's your number four? Uh, now I'm curious. What the hell? Die Hard's at four. We'll What's s- going on? Well, I picked ones that truly embody the spirit of Christmas. Oh, you whore. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I've called you that one too many times today. Mm-hmm. You little <laughs> ball of sunshine who oh. lights up my Saturday mornings with your Christmas spirit. Oh, How dare you put Die Hard in? Okay. Anyways, my number four is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a zoink. I know. Um, again, keeping with the tradition of things that I watch every December, and this one is on the list. 
We got we got Chevy Chase. I mean, I was gonna say before he was being an a hole, but I think he was always being an a hole. It's just that the the cast of community wasn't in the picture yet. Um. <laughs> so while Chevy Chase was secretly being an a hole, but also kind of awesome because a lot of his movies are funny. Um. Yeah, he made a little thing on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and I like this movie because um. You know, I keep thinking in my head that these are like family movies. No. But they're really, because we watched them with our family, like just the National Lampoon's Vacation. We watched that as a family in like a hotel on a vacation. Oh, there you go. And like, it's not a family movie. Mm, like, they, they, their grandma like dies on the trip. And they still want to go to Wally World, so they just take the grandma's corpse and, like, put it on some random dude's porch. They do. In in the, oh not the Christmas vacation one, just just the regular vacation. Just the vacation. Um, Their dog, they leave, like, their dog tied to a car and accidentally drive off. And then, like, <laughs> this cop comes up and he's like... They're like, what seems to be the problem, officer? And he's just holding a leash, and he's like, this is all that's left. <laughs> There's, like, the the whole, the main character, Clark Griswold, wants to have an affair the entire movie. I think the both. Point where, like, he, what was that? Isn't, in both movies, he wants to have an affair. Yes, in both movies, essentially, like, the, the B plot is that he wants to have an affair. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, I thought, I always thought these were, like, kids' movies, but they're not. And I think that's why we like them so much. Yeah. Um, but best scenes from Christmas Vacation. Okay. We got, this one has, like, the families in in town or whatever. Like, his cousins or some shit are in town. Mm -hmm. And, like, they, it's, like, two different worlds colliding. And he just keeps trying to, like, one-up them. And they're Christmas. Like, this is what Christmas is really about or ever doing all that. And, like, they go sledding at some point and like Clark's like oh I'm gonna beat you guys down the hill put a little oil on the bottom of my sled and they're like I don't think you should do that Clark he's like this is what Christmas is all about and he like takes off down the hill and gains so much speed and traction that he creates like a flame path behind himself and like starts like torpedoing down (laughs) this hill um there's that there's the classic uh fry the cat gag that they yeah. do three. Um, there's the freak out that happens every movie where like um, he thought he was going to get this big like Christmas bonus and it turns out it's just like a coupon or something and he just like spent a bunch of money for a pool because he thought he was going to get a Christmas bonus and he like freaks out and goes on this rant and he like calls it I, I don't remember the whole thing but I think he calls like his boss like a brainless dickless spineless sack of monkey shit or something like that and he just starts going for it. Um, and that scene's great. And then he says, you know what I want for Christmas? I want my boss wrapped up with a big bow on his head right in front of me so I can, like, yell at him. And then his cousins think that he's being serious and kidnap his boss and tie him up and put a bow on his head and, like, bring him to the... It's just, like, a set of, like, hijinks. But I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it hits it hits the spot. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I 
yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of vacation or or Christmas vacation, but like they're, they're still pretty good. It's all right. Yeah, they're definitely weird movies because it's like a lot of slapstick humor, but then like really dark and screwed up jokes. <laughs> yeah, mixed in. I don't know who the audience is. I'm not like a huge fan of Chevy Chase either. Not because of like anything, just like of his comedy. Oh, well, okay. No, I'm joking. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Um, but anyway, see, I think Chevy Chase for you is like Will Ferrell for me. Oh yeah, I kind of get Will Ferrell. Let's see. Yeah. See, I'm I'm like I I get Will Ferrell sometimes. You know, like, I saw, like, the other guys and stuff. I like that. Like, if I had to pick between Christmas Vacation and Elf, Elf is going to be on my list. I guess Elf is on your list. Thank you for... No, it's not. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like... It's not on my list. (laughs) It's going to be number three. Like, I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's, like... I've seen I've seen Elf too many times. Like I'm kind of sick of it now. Yeah, you know, um, I do give Will Ferrell props for committing and like eating all the candy though. He yeah he goes for it in every movie. Can't can't deny that. No, I can't. Um, I don't even like dislike Will Ferrell. I just think like sometimes you know what it was. I saw him in Get Hard and I just hated that movie with like oh. every facet of my being. <laughs> I think that's why. So, <laughs> I, I haven't watched any of his movies from the past like five years. Uh, I watched that and I watched the Sherlock Holmes thing that he did. Oh, and those two movies were so horrible to me that I think I, I'm just upset with Will Ferrell. But when I think about it, like Talladega Nights makes me laugh. Talladega Nights is good. Um, you know, essentially anything from the year 2000, 2010, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in for the trip. <laughs> Anchorman is. Anchorman, yeah. Awesome. Um, But anyway, should we get to our number three? Sure as hell hope so. All right. Let's go. Number three. Number three is... Number three. Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. Check. All right. <laughs> I'm sure you figured out what my list is now. This is becoming like the top, the whatever it is, the... The top five English language films. That <laughs> <laughs> just flipped around. It's my karma. All right. That's what you get. You you cut me off like three times in a row that episode. Go ahead. Okay. So this one is a little is a little minx, let me tell you. Because no one else has this on their list, I think. But uh it's on mine because uh it's friggin' great and I don't care what anyone else says. Critics don't know anything. Okay. Okay. Number three, jingle all the way. Okay, because <laughs> critics don't know what they're talking about. Arnold Schwarzenegger is chasing down an action figure and fighting Sinbad for an hour and eighty minutes, and not Sinbad the pirate, Sinbad the actor. An hour and eighty minutes. I I I realize I realize what I've done. You just you you hushed out. <laughs> You hush now. I'm guessing it's 80 minutes. A mistake. I don't even know how long it is, dude. <laughs> it, 
it very well could be like two hours and I just said it out. It's just two hours and 20 minutes. Two hours and 20 minutes. What's that song from Rent? Something, something, oh, something, oh, oh. minutes. Um, 525,600 minutes. I knew you 525,000 moments so near. 525,000. Okay. <laughs> oh, you were taking me to church, man. I was, I was in there. Okay. What were you talking about? Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Dude, if you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a service because there's like so many... Sometimes intentional and sometimes unintentional. Maybe the whole thing just is intentional I, I i've seen it I, I i've seen it and it's it's a gem <laughs> oh you could say that you could freaking say that i'm trying to find the name of the actor that plays that neighbor the one he he i think he passed away what's his name i think he passed who 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 you, you know, phil hartman Phil Hartman? Yeah, the guy who plays the neighbor. Oh. What else was he in? Was he like... Famous? You know, he was just like... He was in... Why, why are you so hard set on finding out his name? I'm trying to see... Yeah, I'll find out what else... Because I have like something to say. But I have to... I have to like find what else he's in now. For you. Okay, news. Oh, he was on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you've ever seen like that era. No. Um, but anyway, apparently he's in Kiki's Delivery Service. Um. Oh, per awesome! There he go. You're already a fan. Um. <clears throat> Carson likes Kiki's Delivery Service. It's, it's a good movie. It is. <laughs> so jingle all the way. So Phil Hartman plays this like neighbor who's like trying to smooth his way in with Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. Oh right. And like at one point Arnold Schwarzenegger because like Arnold Schwarzenegger is told I'm not even gonna call him by his character name because I don't remember nor do I care. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to like get his wife or whatever to like trust him because also his wife is played by Rita Wilson, who played every single nineties wife ever. Um, she was essentially all of them. So it's all like, ooh, ooh, bop, bop. Everything's all good. It's Christmas time and, uh, the action figure. What's, what the hell is the name of the action figure? It's like Turbo Man or something. Yeah, Turbo Man or Booster Boy or. Yeah, it's Turbo Man. Yeah, it's Turbo Man with the rock'em sock'em. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to get this kid, this like Turbo Man action figure. And he, like, told his wife, like, don't worry, honey, everything's gonna be good. And then, like, on Christmas Eve, he's like, oh, no, I've forgotten. So the next day, he goes out and try to find this toy. Except he, he can't because it's Christmas Eve and it's sold out. So it's, like, all the lengths that this guy's going to to get this kid the friggin' Turbo Man toy. Um... I just looked at it. It's 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you know what that tells me? 85% of the world is smoking crack. Because that that is a gar... Think about it. Think of all the classic lines you get from this. Put that cookie down! 
You get that one. Right? Uh, what's the other one? Here's to you, Dad. Which I quote pretty much daily, by the way. Um, there's a gag with a bomb. What? Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger hold up a radio station to try and get the Turbo Man doll. And then the police get called. And then Sinbad is like a mail delivery man, a postman. Uh-huh. Like, tells the police that one of the packages has a bomb. What? And then, like, just to, like, try... So they can try and get away. And they get away, and it turns out that it was a bomb, and it blows up. <laughs> 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 and the best part is, instead of the police being, like, completely evaporated and they're just being chunks of viscera scattered around. They all just, like, look like they're covered in black soot, like in a cartoon, and they're all like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger fights a kid for a ball. I think it's beaten on by parents. I th- I think we went very separate ways with our lists. Are you telling me this doesn't invoke the f- the Christmas spirit? It I forget the end. Does the end like does he not get the turbo doll and they find out that the real spirit of Christmas is is not in the materials but in each other? Well, something like that. Let me explain. The ending, spoiler alert for friggin' jingle all the way. <laughs> There's a sentence I never thought I'd say. Um, hey, that rhymed. Anyways, so jingle all the way. That's the that's how you have to say it now. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way at the ending. Um, freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad like are running through this parade, and they get confused as like at the parade. There's like a Turbo Man that's supposed to show up in like a Turbo Man costume and like Turbo Man's villain supposed to be there, and they get confused as the two actors that are supposed to be in these costumes. So they like suit Arnold Schwarzenegger up in a Turbo Man costume with a jetpack, and he's flying around fighting Sinbad, who's like in a big green costume at this parade. And then, um, anyways, it turns out that like the kid tells Arnold Schwarzenegger to give Sinbad's son the Turbo Man action figure. Because he, his dad is his his hero, his Turbo Man, his Turbo Man, and then they hug it, and the movie ends. So it ends with like a nice little Christmas. That's nice, but like, screw that. That part's for <laughs> jackasses. I I want the part. I want to see the part again. Well, Phil Hartman is like in Arnold Schwarzenegger's house, and he's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger calls to talk to his wife. He's like. Honey, and he's like, Phil Hartman answers, and he's like, she's in the shower right now. And he's like, what? And he's like, mmm, your wife's cookies are delicious. And she, like, made Christmas cookies, and he's, like, eating them and going, mmm, mmm. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, put that cookie down! <laughs> oh. Thank you for allowing me to, to do this. I think I needed I needed whatever this was just now. Number two. Hello. Hello. Um, my number two 
think it's going to be a Zoink for some reason. Okay. But really shouldn't be. It it definitely probably and I'm, is. I'm I'm disappointed at you. <clears throat> well, you already know what my top two are, you little fish. So, so. My number two is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we never watched this when I was a kid, and I didn't see it till like two years ago. I, I never watched it when I was a kid either, but I love this film. No, it's um, really good, yeah. It's a zoink, but I it's a I'm sorry. Let me see what I have. Um, this is the best movie on my list. Ooh. This is the best movie on my list, but it doesn't have the, um, the spirit of Christmas that my number one does. Um, it's, has this unique emotional power to it because like I cry at like several different parts of this movie. Um, because the story is about this guy, George Bailey, who, keeps trying to leave his town of Bedford Falls. He keeps trying to leave. He wants to explore the world. And every time he tries to leave, <clears throat> he has to stay behind because his good-hearted nature won't let him leave the town that needs him. They need him to um, keep up the building alone so that people can can have people in charge of their um, finance and in charge of their homes who actually cares for them. Unlike Mr. Potter, the stain on the face of the human race who hates wow. Scrooge. Scrooge is like is like Mother Teresa compared to this guy. Oh, um, okay. Remember that thing where Scrooge was like, like uh, his his friend died or Molly, and he like takes the change off of his eyes. Oh right. Or does that? Oh, and they're like. What about the homeless? They'll die. And he's like, then let them die. Helps decrease the population. He's pretty. He's pretty bad. I'm. I stand by my statement. Um. Okay. That's that's a harsh statement. <laughs> and yeah, there's this part in this film where I'm gonna talk about this scene specifically because everybody talks about like the last only 20 minutes or the part where Clarence comes in the the angel and teaches him that if he wasn't there for his community, everything would be different. Like he saved when he was a kid, he saved his brother from dying when he was um, like a, a, a tween. He saved the pharmacist from poisoning somebody. Um, and later in life, he, built a whole community where people felt safe and felt happy and like he he nurtured so many people's lives into being such great ones um that it's really it's an impactful in that way but one specific scene that i'm going to talk about is when <clears throat> he gets married yeah they are going to go for their honeymoon but it's the I think it's the Great Depression or something. For some reason, the bank closes and people can't get their money. I think it might be because of the um, the Great Depression, but everybody is now crowding around the building alone because they want their loans back um, so that they can go and 
partner up with Potter because Potter says like, I I will give you all the money you need. Yeah. Um, but he's really gonna like loan shark you because he's disgusting. So they don't have any loans. So oh, they don't have any loans, so they're gonna go to Potter because Potter said they'll get he'll give him money he'll give money if the loan building alone doesn't. So they don't have any money at the building alone because they put it into everybody else's loans. And because of this, you know what they do. They give up the $2,000 that they're going to use to go in the honeymoon to the people of Bedford Falls. Yep. And I, I, I cried out of like pure, like, how can you be, how can you support a community like this? Like how, <clears throat> this George Bailey is an amazing, amazing character, and and you you still relate to him in so many ways, and you still he's not like a, above you in any way. He because he has those he, doubts about himself. He's he's above me, like all of like all of us do. But what we need to realize and what he needs to realize is that as long as you're trying to do good, you you have an impact on people. And it's an important message and it's a great, great movie. It's, one, it's probably one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, we, we got to watch it again for American Cinema. Um, one of our classes in film school! Mm-hmm. Um, and no, it was really nice to like to see. It. I say like, oh, really nice to see. It. Like I I've seen it like when I was five or something. But no, I saw it like two years ago, and I was like, hey, that's really good. And then I watched it again. I was like, see that that gives you the nice little warm feeling. Yeah. Warms your little soul. It's like it's it's the Christmas movie equivalent of like eating gingerbread and drinking eggnog. Like it's like it just feels right. It it's a perfect movie. And like Jimmy Stewart, maybe gets his best performance in a a career of probably, in my opinion, probably the best actor of all time. Um, Wowza! And, Holy fish sticks, Carson Gervais! Did you just say what I think you just say? Yeah. Did there's some of the best scenes ever with the interactions between him and his wife, these like unique, complex emotional interactions that they have um, that don't, they feel real. Like this is the perfect example of movies that um, it's a very, um, it's a very specific story. It's not general. It's not anything like that. It's a, specific person with specific interactions with unique characters and yet it has that universal feel and if you haven't watched it in a while go back and watch it like it's truly great movie it is what happened I, i hit my um knuckle like in between the knuckle on like this sharp edge on my piano and it, it really huh. hurts. <laughs> well, I didn't want to scream, so I just like sucked. 
I put I put my fist to my mouth and was like, okay. Um, You're not yeah, no, it's it's a zoink, but it's a, it's a great movie. Um, and now I feel like such a, a Scrooge for not putting it on, especially when I say my number one and two. What's your number two? Home Alone. Yeah, that's my number three. It's, it's good. I like it. It's really good. It's okay. It's good and it's not good. I see Kevin McAllister's all fun and games. But the reason this is a 10 out of 10 movie is because Joe Pesci's in it. <laughs> Try not to swear. Dude, there's parts where he literally just goes. <laughs> If you take a sip every time you think Joe Pesci should swear or is about to swear, then you'd be just gone. Like, <laughs> your liver would be damaged forever. I just want to give credit to the stunt team in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, those, like, falls on those stairs. Those are bad, yeah. All that's And the head on fire. Yeah. Oh, so... The brick, the brick to the head. The brick to the head. I think that was Home Alone 2. No, the brick to the head happens in this one too. Oh, no, it's the iron. It's the iron in this one. Which, yeah. like I'm saying, like, like it's still pretty terrible. <clears throat> the swinging paint buckets. The slipping on the cars. The, the tarantula. Oh, God, yeah. Um... <laughs> The the thing what, what what's what the thing that was really clever was the uh the thing the the thing where they they're like going by the house and he like takes like all the cardboard and stuff and like makes it seem like there's people in there like having a party or something. Oh yeah. Well, that's that was very clever. That was you you sneak a little minx. Yeah. Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister, baby, back at it again, S- sucking him, suck away. That what um. But what I really like about this movie, like, all that stuff is, like, definitely amazing. But I think what's good about these this series, not the weird ones that they did in, like, the 2000s, but there's always, like, a, a moral through line where it's, like, some, like, Kevin's scared of someone. And then you learn that these are just, like, people. And in this one, in this one, it's the old man, and in the second one, it's the bird lady. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was like it's like a, they don't ha- they didn't have to do it. I just thought it was nice that they did it. You know what I mean? I I think it's I think it's a powerful point. Like that scene scene in the in the church with him and the old man, and the old man's talking about how <clears throat> he um isn't connected with his son anymore. Yeah. And yeah, that's. That's a powerful scene. It is. Yeah. It's really good. And then, um, what what else else is going on? Oh, also, John Williams. John Williams' score is awesome in this. Classic Christmas score, baby. This is like, you play this during Christmas and you'll get in the mood right there. Yeah. Like the little... Like imagine that, but it's like good, and then... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, plus you got uh, you know what's funny about this movie too. It couldn't it couldn't be made now. Why? Cell phones. 
Oh, right. Yeah. It just kind of ruins it. So it, it also serves as kind of like a nostalgic time capsule. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. it's filled with yummy goodness. Filled with yummy goodness. Um, the... It's directed by Chris Columbus. Yep. Also, it's who also directed the first Harry Potter. Harry Potter with a John Williams score, and it's written by John Hughes. Um, and it has Joe Pesci and John Candy and Catherine O'Hara. Like this is an amazing, amazing cast, amazing movie. And it was probably my favorite movie as a kid. I watched this so many times. Oh, I used to love this thing at Christmas time, man. Because it's like the your kid brain is like every scene when like the next booby trap happens, your kid brain just goes like, oh, it's awesome. Like, yeah, it. yeah. Well, either oh, it's awesome or my reaction was, hey, wasn't that guy in Goodfellas? As he's like... <laughs> Hurtling that through the air, like hey, wasn't that guy in Goodfellas? That's your problem because you watched Goodfellas at probably about two years old or something. Yeah, something like that. Hey, is that Tommy? Is that Tommy from Goodfellas? <laughs> and my mom would be like, "Yep." Huh? Well, he, he definitely downgraded. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know what happens after he get shot in the head in Goodfellas. His spirit gets damned to an eternity of Home Alone. Eternity of perfect. I I love Joe Pesci in this movie. Like he's you can tell he's having so much fun with this role. And yeah, yeah and that, that again, that spirit of Christmas where it's like every little kid's like, I wish I was a grown up and my family went away. Yeah. And then like comes through at the end of you do want your family there because that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah, exactly. You do want your family. Exactly. You don't want you don't <laughs> want to end up like the guy shoveling snow, not connected to his family. Exactly. Family. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Also, also, um, last kind of point, I guess, before we we get to our number one here. Um, I don't I, now. Of course, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh the second crook the second burglar oh i don't remember yes you do let me now have to look it up i'm sorry if there's like tapping noises let let me look it up i got i got an easier thing here then you do it you do it Uh, want me to stall yeah stall a little bit all right um so in Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six, there's this musical episode, and I'm convinced that it's the best musical episode of any teen show ever. Okay, like Riverdale ain't got shit on this. I, I, have, I have that. What? I have it. Oh, okay. It's, Watch it's, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Just go do it. Okay. Daniel yeah. Stern. It's Daniel Stern or Burn? Stern. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. He's good too. Like we keep talking of Joe Pesci, he's very good in this too. I yeah, he should have worked. <laughs> he should have had more time in the spotlight. Um, and 
what else was I going to say? Go watch on Netflix. There's this thing that's called The Movies That Hate Us. And they have a good episode on this. On Home Alone. And also go watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also go watch Buffy. On, on Amazon Prime Video. You can also get the uh, DVD set on Amazon. And I want you to go and watch it. Okay, I'm cutting you off now. Okay. Should we you do it? We do the. You, you know what they want. You know what they want. You know what they need. Mm-hmm. You can't put on me. But you say he's just a friend. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you. Okay, yeah, that's enough of that. What they really want to hear is number one. Number one. Yeah, do your shoulders like this. Ooh. Do your shoulders like that. Hey. Hey. Ooh. 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 Everybody already knows what your number one is. What was that? Everybody already knows what your number one is. So you want me to go first? No, I'm going to go first. No, yeah, exactly. My number one embodies the spirit of Christmas. I'm not even sure if you've seen this movie. Because it is, it's an older movie. It's an old movie. Then I know what it is. It's from 1947. I knew you were going to say it. Miracle on 34th Street. I knew, I knew you were going to say Miracle on 34th Street. I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. Have you seen this movie, Spencer? I have seen it. What do you think I am? Huh? <laughs> who do you think I am? Look at my shirt. Does this look like the shirt of someone who hasn't seen Miracle on 34th Street? I've seen Miracle. Look at me. Look at me. Okay, yeah. No, I've seen it. And um, I like, I like the movie. It's just a zoink, but it's the perfect Christmas movie. The, yes, it's the it fully embodies the spirit of Christmas, unlike any other movie. What? Okay, I'm gonna tell you the story right here. If you haven't seen it, if you've seen the remake, I haven't seen the remake. But what? I, I've I haven't seen the remake either. It's about this. It's about this woman who is a savvy businesswoman. She works for Macy's. She's um, ve- she's a hard worker. She, um, and she tells her daughter that Santa doesn't exist. Like, she's a single mom raising a daughter. And she kind of raises her daughter in the way that you shouldn't really believe in anything fake. Like, you shouldn't believe in dinosaurs or, or well, not <laughs> You shouldn't believe in dinosaurs and evolution and, and the, the dangers of race mixing. Let me tell you. No, no, no. <laughs> she teaches her that you should believe, you shouldn't believe in dragons or any of that or, like, have imaginary friends or any of that. Like, you gotta gotta believe in science. You gotta believe. From the age of, like, five. Um, so they have this Macy's parade and their Santa's drunk. And then this Santa comes up and is like, yo, your, your Santa's drunk. You need, like, a better Santa up in here. And then she's like, because this guy looks exactly like Santa. She's like, well, do you want to be the Santa? And he's like, oh, I have to do this all the time. Like, I was here on a vacation. But he doesn't. And he's the Macy's Santa. Um, and he ends up, because um, he has no place to stay in New York. He lives with, um, he stays with her neighbor who's a lawyer 
who they have kind of a relationship back and forth, but it's not like anything concrete. And they um, they soon figure out that this Santa, they he thinks he's the real Santa. And magic ensues. This movie is about the doubts of the adult. The doubts of the... It's the Polar Express of 1947. Like, it's the doubt of anything magical, anything power, any anything that doesn't come from... Um, that you can't see, they, that you can't prove isn't worth believing in. And it's truly the real expression of the Christmas spirit and what it should be. And man, it makes me cry. It's the best. It is more relevant today with people being like, okay, we should um, believe in science, believe in that. And a lot of the times, rightfully so, wear a mask. But <laughs> um, but anyway, okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, you gotta believe in some magic. You do. You do have to believe in some magic. There's magic in the world around us, and yeah. that magic more than ever right now. And I, this movie yeah. will make you believe in magic again, or at the very least. You'll be like, hey, that was fun. <laughs> it's, Get it's out definitely... of here, Spencer. This is this Dude, is Christmas magic I'm talking about. Not our even... our movies are like the the antithesis of each other. Okay. Because like yours is about like his is like the most pure Christmas movie. Yes. And mine in mine is like Christmas movie by association. Okay. And another thing. The guy who plays Santa is I don't know. He's an angel. This performance Wait. is I don't even know. Look him up. Look him up. Look his name up. It's gonna be like Saint Nicholas. That's he's gonna be that's gonna be his name. I'm telling you right now. He's actually in my heart this is actually Santa Claus. Okay, before while he's doing that, let me just stall. So I don't know if you've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I'm here to tell you to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And um, one of my favorite episodes. What are you doing? Good sir. Stalling. All right. Keep going. Keep going then. Okay. So one of my favorite episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I think it's in season two. And Xander uh, accidentally makes a wish to like a vengeance demon. Um, that like all the girls in the school... Um, then it makes them like all fall in love with them, and it sounds like like a really silly premise, but it's funny because like at first you see like all these characters that like shouldn't be attracted to him like falling around, and then it turns into like mass hysteria because like the whole town is like running after him oh or whatever, God. and it's like it's pretty hilarious. All I'm saying is if you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you should go watch that. He's a show. Um, he's been on a lot of movies. I'm telling you right now, his name's. Um, <laughs> Edmund Gwen. Edmund Gwen. Not Chris Kringle. Not Chris um, Kringle. 
But oh wait wait wait, how could we not do the Chris Kringle song? What Chris Kringle song? Jingle jingle jingle, hear my sleigh bells ring. I am old Chris Kringle, the king of jingling. Okay, yeah. Um. Huh? I don't think I've even heard of this song. Yeah, I don't. Me neither. But my sister says that it was in Rudolph or something, and then oh. she just remembers it, and she she sings it sometimes. Now it's stuck in my head. Well, Edmund Gwen. And he he was acting since like 1916. But anyway, he is. I don't know how he does it, but he like is Santa Claus. It's pretty hot. Straight up, remember Edmund from the from uh the, the, the free of Narnia. Remember Edmund? Which one was Edmund? The one who liked the Turkish delight. Oh right, the one that got like abused. He got yeah. turned into a little little <laughs> little abuse puppet. They like tied him up and just beat him, and like because he betrayed his siblings for Turkish delights. You remember? Why well, don't watch Narnia? Narnia is great. Or read it. Um, it's great. The Lion, the Witch, and the ro- the Wardrobe, sir. You. Anyway, don't, don't say you don't. Don't tell me you don't like Narnia, dude. It's awesome. There's I... metaphors and cool stuff, and there's kids, and they're doing stuff, and Prince Caspian. Tell the people what they already know. Oh, uh, so if you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you can check. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, my, my number one, which everyone already knows, is Die Hard. Ain't it fun? Yeah, I love I love me some Die Hard, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, This is my favorite Christmas movie because, yes, while it is Christmas time, it is kick ass time up in fifth. That's that, that, who, ah, oh, and he's rolling down the stairs, but rolling down the stairs. And then he's in the elevator and it's like, ho, ho, because he's dead. And then that thing where they're like, his neck breaks, or he's like, walking. oh, ooh. <laughs> you hit your head again on the piano? Oh, no. It was my knee. <laughs> Um, Die Hard isn't really a Christmas movie. Um, isn't it though? It's that's why I put on my number four. Like I, I, I acknowledge that it is a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie in the sense that it has the spirit of Christmas within it. Like it has some, like it's a perfect movie, but it's not a perfect Christmas movie. Okay, you say that, but they have Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis. In the movie, how does that song go? Santa. I was thinking the lyrics, but oh, like the no. opening, like it. where it's like Santa it's Christmas time, me and Holly's Queens. Um, mom is making something I can't, it's been too long, whatever. Um, but I like McTiernan. What was that? Directed by John McTiernan. Um, 
who was in jail for a while. I don't know what for. What was he in jail for for a while? Search it up. Use the use our handy mouse tools. Oh, it's um, it's probably like aggravated assault. I don't know why I just assumed that. But while he's doing that, so if you guys haven't seen Buffy the Vampire, oh my gosh, <laughs> caught it with Buffy the Vampire. Dude, no one's watching the show, and I keep telling them to watch it, and I just feel sick to my stomach. With he was charged with making a false statement to the FBI. How long was he in jail? Um. Did a plea bargain. <clears throat> and then? Um, four months in prison. And a $100,000 fine in fines. That's hot. Yeah. So he... He bamboozled the FBI. Well, it sounds kind of like he attempted to bamboozle the FBI. Yeah, you can't bamboozle the FBI. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the action movie. It was there was this is originally like um gonna because it was a part of a book series. Yeah, and the first movie of the series was made in like the sixties. And it was starring Frank Sinatra. Yep. So, which wasn't called Die Hard. It was like some other stuff. And like when this was going to be the sequel about like the tower and everything, it was going to be starring Frank Sinatra. So that's weird. This is. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's. uh... This was this is Alan Rickman's debut movie. This can is we, his first movie? Can we just, like... Wow! Can we just, like, hold the phone? Wow. And give this man all the praise for being in this movie. <clears throat> this is his first movie. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure this is his first movie. That's, that's pretty hot. Do you want to look it up? It's his first movie, 1988. Die Hard. Before that, he was just doing a bunch of... He was a theater guy. This was a theater guy, pure as heart theater guy. Shakespeare... So, wait. Professor Snape's first movie was in 1988. Mm-hmm. 1989, the number. Another summer. Sound of a funky drum. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I freaking... That's crazy. This movie shouldn't have worked. Not even a little bit. Like, this guy coming off of, what was it? Moonraker? Moon something? Moonshiner? What was that? What was that show that he was in? Bruce Willis? The hell are you talking? Oh, um. The Honeymooners? I don't know. Not the Honeymooners, you. What was it? There was some, like, there was some weird com- comedic TV show he was in with like um, Sybil Sybil Shepherd, and he was like 
this the Indian I, guy. And then I, he he got his big debut in this movie. And he's <laughs> he's the most like kick ass guy you can you can think you can hope for. But one thing I gotta say before I hand it off to you, because this is your number one, is this movie, this guy, Bruce Willis, is the perfect hero because he gets bloody-footed, he gets beaten up, he has to face so many obstacles and has to overcome them with such grit and such recklessness that he's the perfect hero and that you are captivated every time he he gets into a situation. It's because he's not, he's like barely winning everything. You know what I mean? Like the whole time, he's barely winning every encounter. Because realistically, this is just one guy versus like a tower full of criminals. Like it's it's not going to be easy. And it's not. Like the just the amount of things he has to go through. Um, but let me say the thing that keeps this going. A, of course, the action's always fun because it's an action movie. But for me, what keeps it going is the fact that, you know, there's stakes because his his missus is also at this Christmas party that is being held up by these guys. Um, and as soon as once they figure out that those two are like related, connected and married, then it's all over because they can start using her as bait. So there's like a tension that goes through because like you're like, oh, if they find out and there's, there's this like really scummy business dude. Who, like, you're like, please don't say anything. You shut your mouth. Like, the whole movie. Because if he lets his slip, then Snape's got um, that dude who was in Friends for, like, a season by the balls. Remember when Bruce Willis was in Friends? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was in Friends. And it's funny because they talk about watching Die Hard and Friends, which means Bruce Willis exists as... Bruce Willis playing that character of John McClane in that universe. But also, there's like a Bruce Willis doppelganger that no one ever points out that is in that universe. Just a just a fun fact. Thought I'd sprinkle it in there. But Die Hard, man. Yeah, no. It's it's great. It's classic. Um, and you can't tell me it's not a Christmas movie. It's a, it's about a Christmas party. Is it really about a Christmas party? I could totally recut this movie and edit a trailer that makes you think it's a Christmas comedy. Well, yeah, but it <laughs> I do still fall on the line that like, yes, it's a Christmas movie. Because yeah, it takes place during the time of Christmas and all that. Think about in the kids, remember the kids? But are you coming home for Christmas, Daddy? Remember? <laughs> it's Christmas? Um, but in the core of this movie, the the theme is somewhat about Christmas, but it's not like, it's not talking about, that's why I didn't put It's Wonderful Life number one. Because it's it's not- Christmas spirited in the sense that it's about like reconnecting with your family and like the people close to you. That's pretty much what the movie's about at its core. Yeah. But like they don't say because it's Christmas. It just happens that Christmas is like the background to this kind of through point. You know what I mean? Like, they're never like, let's connect because it's Christmas. It's just like, hey, 
connect with your family. Oh, also, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, one of the best parts of this movie. I'm going to tell right now. This, this is one of the best parts of this movie. It's the way it opens. It opens with the sky on the plane. Bruce Willis on a plane. It does. And he's nervous about he flying is. on a plane. And the buddy next to him tells him, oh, you got fear of planes? Or what do you got to do is when you get there, God, take your shoes off, take your socks off, and crunch your toes on the carpet or on the floor. And it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, do it. So he, he does it later in the film, and he's like, it's like, damn, he was right. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> He starts crunching. You can't see, but I'm crunching right now. Crunch. And then what's Crunch. funny, like, how big of a role that little stupid throwaway line actually plays in this movie. Because it's the reason why he's running around with no freaking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that plant and payoff. If you're, if you want to be a screenwriter, if you want to be, um, in, you got to look at those little things. That little plant and payoff is what makes this movie. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Die Hard isn't Die Hard with shoes on. No, then it's just Die Hard too. Exactly. Is Die Hard 2 a Christmas movie? I think it is. I think it is. It's there's, a Christmas movie. There's snow and there's... Uh, Something. <laughs> See, you don't feel the spirit of Christmas though. No, in the second one, no. But in the first one, I felt this really Christmas. All right. But um, and then, then Live Free Die Hard is really not a Christmas movie. Really, just not. No, it's just like a summer movie. It's hot, hot, um, New York weather. Wait, are you talking about the third or fourth one? Third. That's the one. That one's Die Hard with with a vengeance. Vengeance. I'm talking about Live Free Die Hard. Live Free Die Hard. I have not seen. It's the fourth one. I have not I, seen. I, I like it, but apparently not a lot of people do. And then the fifth one is an abominable piece of garbage. And I'm pretty sure for most of the movie, it's just Bruce Willis's stunt guy. And that's why we only see the back of his head for like 80% of the movie. But that's a story for a different day. That's a story for a different day. For now, we love you. Crunch your toes, boys and girls, and all the others. <laughs> you just like contorted my face into like the Grinch. Of it. <laughs> that was gross. Um, Crunch your yeah, toes. That's our top five list. I hope you enjoyed. Please get your feet. No, just don't do this today. Not today. I can't believe you just did that. All right. Um, okay. That was our list. Um, those are our list. Those are Carson's toes. If you're listening to this, then you didn't see that. But he put his feet like he crunched his toes so you could see. Yeah, perfect. But you didn't crunch them on carpet, so you really only completed half of the half. Well, of the I was mission. doing it on the carpet. I just wanted to show everybody that I was crunching my toes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was crunching mine too. And, yeah. and I'm barefoot, so if somebody tries to rob the house that I live in right now. How do you do that in the day? I need my socks. <laughs> Hell, I'm so weird. I sleep with socks on at night. You, I can't sleep with socks on. I, I just gotta wear them every time I wear shoes. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. That has been babbling with the boys. I'm Spencer Chef, cooking it up some delicious mm, Christmas breakfast. Okay, no, not actually, because it's it's not even close to Christmas time when we're recording this. Because no. we're we're from the past. We're from the past. We're from, we're from November. So, keep. I hope you're keeping it comfy in the Christmas. Oh, I'm Carster Bay, and <laughs> hope you're keep. I hope you're keeping it comfy. Um, I'm gonna watch a lot of Christmas stuff. I'm gonna rewatch all of my top five and um rewatch that Mickey Mickey whatever the Mickey Funhouse of Christmas skits or whatever it's called. Uh, no, it's Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, I, I believe. That. I'm going to watch that, and it's going to be a hoot and a half. I hope everybody watches what they want to watch this Christmas. Can I, can I commend us for not putting certain things on the list? Let's, let's talk about it right now. What, what do you want to commend us for? Um, I'm glad none of us did some, like, bull crap. you know. Oh, Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie. It, it, no, it is not, a, it's a winter movie. Okay, this is coming from the guy that put Die Hard as number one. Because it's Christmas Eve, it makes sense. Edward says, this, you know when it snows, it's because he's chicking the ice. He's, his little scissor fingers. He has scissor hands. I like Edward scissor hands, but it's a winter movie. You could watch that November 20th up until Christmas, sure, but it's not like, I don't, Look at that movie and think, now nah, that's a Christmas movie. Um, what I'm gonna say is that I think Nightmare, The Nightmare Before Christmas, is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah, because it has Christmas in the title. If Die Hard was called Die Hard Christmas, then you'd be saying the opposite. Trust no, me. No, I wouldn't. It's because it embodies the spirit of Christmas. Okay, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? It's both. No, which one is it more? You have to pick. Hmm. I would say it's a little bit more Halloween. It's like it's like fifty-five to forty-five percent Halloween. But like Die Hard is like ten percent Christmas. Ten percent Christmas, ninety percent freaking awesome. How about that? There. Whoa, there. look how overexposed I look when I do this. Yeah. You're very like you're very shiny, I gotta say. Yeah, it looks like some weird, like I'm a sitting or something. And then if I turn this off, and then like if I were to turn the blinds off, I would, I would, I could do like the, the emerging from the shadows thing, like in Us. We're all like, Heathered! and all that. Remember, remember that? That's fun. We like Us, right? We like Us. Us is cool. Keep it comfy this Chris this holiday season. We love you. Merry, Merry, whatever you do. Merry Christmas. Merry. Happy, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy, and if you don't celebrate anything, then happy cold month with no reward. Um, <laughs> just happy every Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Rosh Hashanah. I, I was gonna, I was gonna name them all because I know I was gonna forget one. Oh. She probably did. But anyway, keep it. Sorry. Yeah, anyways, yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening. Just as a little side note, we do have a YouTube channel. 
and it is Babbling with the Boys with a Z. Same way the podcast is. So go check us out on all your on all your platforms and subscribe, please. And thank you. Join the Babbleverse.